passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome into the Yachts and Audibles podcast. Eric Scopel here today on a kind of a gloomy Thursday in Eugene, but uh, we'll persist. No matter Jared on this show, but it won't be a solo show to uh, stop me from monologuing for 20 or so straight minutes. We brought on 24-7 Sports National College football reporter Matt Zenitz. Matt, how are you feeling right now? I know you're a little under the weather. Uh, I've been dealing with my, my first ever flu experience, so less than ideal. Uh, looking forward to, to getting through this, but been dealing with this since last Thursday. And oh, so looking forward to get, getting back to a point where I feel uh, 100%. So hopefully that's coming at some point in the near future. Yeah, I hope so too. Flu's uh, not fun, man. I don't think anybody listening to this really uh, is, is volunteering to uh, to be sick for a week, and that's certainly not ideal. We'll try to keep you uh, try to keep the show pretty quick, get you out of here in about ten or so minutes. But I wanted to start off by just saying, you know, if you follow college football, you've probably seen Matt's name on Twitter, breaking coaching news, breaking transfer news. I thought it'd be a good time to introduce him to our listenership now that he's. Uh, with the good guys on 24-7 Sports after working with, uh, with the rival website, I'll say. But you can follow him uh, at Matt Zenitz, uh, Z-E-N-I-T-Z, on Twitter or X or whatever stupid name we're supposed to call it these days. But, Matt, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you can join us because I, I think you're one of the you – know, I think almost like an Adam Schefter type in terms of breaking news right now in college football. And I thought somebody with your background and you know, just kind of – who's kind of hearing things here, hearing things there – Curious to hear kind of what your perspective is on Oregon's offseason. So we'll just start kind of broadly here. But, you know, when, when you were hearing maybe when the portal first opened, who Oregon might be targeting or some players they might be landing, and you actually see that they follow through and, and, and pull in a really highly regarded transfer class, kind of what's impressed you or stood out to you the most since since all of this kind of got in motion uh, back in mid-December? 
Oh, first of all, it's important to address the, the quarterback part of it. So you're losing Bo Nix, who has done a hell of a job for Oregon the last couple of years. And you, you not only accomplished that by bringing in somebody like Dylan Gabriel, but you, you address kind of like I, I've said with this, the, the present and the future through the portal at the quarterback position. So you add a, a dynamic, accomplished player like Dylan Gabriel, who provides you an answer in the short term. But then to go along with that, you add – a long-term answer through the portal to go along with that with Dante Moore. So there have obviously been a, a number of additions for Oregon through the, the transfer portal, but being able to land those two players at that spot sets up Oregon very well for not only the present, but, but the future as well. Yeah, I, I, I'm happy you started there because that was something that I was curious on your perspective on of, you know, adding two quarterbacks of this magnitude, we're talking about a five-star prep kid from a cycle or two ago, a, a guy who's who's thrown for you know, tens of thousands of yards, it feels like, in Dave, Dylan Gabriel. He's just been around for a really long time. From your perspective, this feels kind of unprecedented in the portal era in particular of adding two guys like this. Like, how did Oregon do this? Like, what what, what do you think Oregon was selling? And, and do you think Oregon now has one of the better quarterback rooms nationally? I don't think there's any, any, any question. And we, with Dylan, first of all, th this was just immediately something that stuck out as something that made a ton of sense for both sides, ju just the Dylan part of it specifically. But for this to come together how it did with landing both of those players, it, it's really a credit to Dante because mm -hmm. there, there are a lot of highly rated players and a, a lot of – highly ranked quarterbacks that want immediate gratification, that want to be on the field as quickly as possible, even if they're not necessarily ready for that opportunity. And, and this took a, a level of maturity on Dante's part, where as he was going through this process or even entering the process, the, the priority for him was finding the, the best overall position for, for himself in terms of setting himself up for moving poor – setting himself up for moving forward, putting himself in position where could accomplish what he wanted to, not only at the, the college level, but, but also find a, a staff and a program that would put him in the best position to prepare for ultimately being a high NFL draft pick, even, and this is the key part, mm -hmm. even if that meant having to sit a year and wait for his opportunity, which I don't know how many guys there are that – we were ranked, have been ranked a, as highly as Dante was, that, that would have that same level of willingness to sit for a year and wait for the right situation. Yeah, I, I, I think it's rather unique. I know it has Oregon fans extremely excited for both 2024 and then the future after that. Um, you know, earlier this week, I was putting together a story ranking Oregon's top newcomers for, for 2024, something I do every year. And it, it, it kind of stood out to me, and it, it probably shouldn't because we're in the portal era. But Oregon added what I have considered eight plug-and-play starters through this through this portal cycle. Um, you know, About half on each side of the ball, they added a, a specialist who will probably be their place kicker. What are your thoughts in general about roster building in the portal era? Because it almost feels like, like they're almost skipping steps a little bit here. It's like a player leaves, and rather than – develop players to, you know, I'm not saying Oregon doesn't do it because they do, but, the, the, but they instead go to the portal to find a guy who's already developed somewhere else and bring him over. Just what are your thoughts on how that maybe changes college football or just broad thoughts on, on kind of this weird shift we've had in terms of how teams are finalizing their, their teams. 
it's become the, the college version of, of free agency. And it, it's gone from, if you want to compare it to the NFL level, a, as opposed to just being reliant on strictly the, the draft part of it, or in this case, recruiting, where there's a process for getting players to the, the kind of level that you want them to be at. You're able to find players through the free agency part of it that are immediately ready to come in and could contribute at the desired level. And obviously, we've talked about the, the quarterback part of it, but one of the things that I don't know if Oregon necessarily gets enough credit for outside of the the, the quarterbacks and finding Evan Stewart is just overall the, this portal class and how they've upgraded at say, some key spots and and just put themselves through the, the talent acquisition part of it. And you can even throw that the high school recruiting part of this into there also. But being able to, to land some guys that maybe don't get the attention of a Dylan Gabriel, a, a Dante Moore, and Evan Stewart that, that are going to be big factors for Oregon heading into next year and going to help this team compete right away, not, not only on a conference level, but on a national level to go along with that. And we, with some of those guys I'm talking about, like Jamari Caldwell, who was very much of interest to the the Texases of the world uh, along the, the defensive line. You, you have Jabbar Muhammad, an all-conference player at, at corner, who Oregon's obviously very familiar <laughs> with based on what he did at, at Washington. You, you have players like that that you've added to, to go along with some of those bigger names, Kobe Savage, who was a two-time All-Big 12 player at, at Kansas State, just overall Oregon, Dan Lanning, his staff have done a great job in terms of the, the talent identification part of it and then the, the acquisition component in terms of being able to bring in some very talented guys at key spots, even outside of just the, the obvious ones that most people have focused in on. 11 commitments this portal cycle, third ranked nationally. You just ran through the majority of the players they've added, so I won't ask you to break any of that down. But why, why do you think Oregon has been such a successful portal choice for so many prospects? Because, again, it's now three straight years where they've gone out, and I said eight plug-in play, players, I think, for 2024. But you can look at 2022 and 23, and it's sort of similar. What, what makes Oregon a good spot for kids who, who are looking for maybe a second chance or a new home? Combination of a, of a couple things, Dan Lanning, his staff, the job that they've done, and, and just the, the potential that Oregon has as a program for moving forward to go along with already being at a place where this is a, a, a prominent program on a national level that's already been in the mix for national championships. I, I would say a combination of, of those things, but Dan Lanning has this program at, at a hell of a place, in a hell of a place, from moving forward, and you've obviously seen some big accomplishments through the, the early part of his tenure, and I'll just say based on the, the people that he has in place there and the players that he's bringing in, my, my full expectation is that you're going to see a continued progression there in terms of, once again, not only being able to compete at a, a conference level, but this being a program that's going to be in the mix on a national level consistently moving forward under Dan Lanning. The last one for you, Matt. Appreciate you sticking through this with uh, even in your weakened physical state. I know that's difficult, but I just was curious on your take on Lanning. I don't want to say spurning the Alabama job. I don't know if you have any insights to how far that actually got, but he was a name that was attached and obviously he didn't end up there. Was that surprising that that was the outcome for, for that search? 
No, I think Dan has been pretty adamant throughout the the course of his tenure at Oregon that he's planning on on being a part of this thing for moving forward. And there are some coaches that say that and are full of a, a cuss word that I'm not going to say. I'll, I'll show it <laughs> my screen there. But but for Dan, I, I think you guys have probably realized throughout the course of the last couple of years, he he's real, he's genuine. If he says something, he he means it, and. I, I think that the, the Alabama example is just further confirmation of I- exactly that. But I, as is the case, sometimes when you're dealing with head coaching searches, that there's misinformation that gets out there. And the, there were obviously reports that, that got out about Dan, his level of involvement, him being in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> they, that, when it, it was just never a, as far along a, as what was presented in the media. And, a, and I put this out at the, the, the time, but a, at the, the point that the reports were coming out that Dan was at, it was in Tuscaloosa interviewing for the job and it was coming across like he was on the verge of being the next Alabama head coach. In reality, Dan was at home with his kids watching one of the Jason Bourne movies. So <laughs> it, it's one of the great things that comes along with head coaching searches that you have to deal with with, with misinformation sometimes when it comes to this, but I'm sure that was laughable for, for Dan, just as that information was getting out, knowing that in reality, he was in Eugene with his family, introducing his kids to the, the Jason Bourne series. Great movies, by the way, underrated. I, I, I will, I, I myself have been dealing with a little bit of a under the weather, but uh, I'm, I'm going to have to rewatch those. I think, I think Dan has, uh, has pushed me in that direction. Maybe that's something for you to do, Matt, as you uh, heal up here. But hey, thank you for for joining the podcast and uh, and again soldiering through. We'll we'll have to have you on here for a little more extended interview, maybe sometime in the next couple of months here when you're when you're back to hundred percent. Yeah, get me on when I when I don't have the the, the flu. That, that that sounds good to me, and I definitely look forward to that being the case. All right, thank you, Matt, and thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Odds and Audibles podcast. I'm Eric Scopel, and we will talk to you later, folks. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.